1: is WWTC Minneapolis-St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
2: With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Former President Donald Trump remaining extremely popular with conservatives in a straw poll Saturday of attendees of the CPAC in Dallas Nearly 70% saying they preferred Mr. Trump as the GOP nominee for president in 2024. In the meantime, 24% said they would back Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis in 2024. Following a nearly two-week quarantine, President Biden leaving the White House earlier today to spend some time in Delaware, president has been recovering from a second bout with COVID-19. Cuban authorities say a fire set off by a lightning strike continues to blaze away at an oil storage facility. At least one firefighter has been killed. This is SRN News.
1: Sideline Sanity with Michelle Tafoya.
0: The great bob
3: woodson i realized i was in the wrong struggle so mm-hmm. i began to work on behalf of low-income people of all races because as dr king said what good does it do to have the right to live where you choose if you don't have the means to exercise that right? freedom isn't just opening the doors of opportunity it means preparing yourself to walk through those doors sideline sanity at Salem
1: Podcast Network.com. Hour number two of the closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network with Brad Carlson coming up next year on the Patriots. Stick around. Be sure to check out SalemPodcastNetwork.com. SalemPodcastNetwork.com. The network keeps growing and improving, and the new one is from the Twin Cities' own Michelle Tafoya. Sideline Sanity with Michelle Tafoya. It's an oasis, an island of sanity and free speech in a sea of stupidity and censorship. That's Sideline Sanity with Michelle Tafoya at SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Lots of great guests there. Your forecast calls for a
4: chance of storms down to 57 overnight.
1: The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM-1280, the Patriot Studios in Egan, here is The Closer, Brad
5: Carlson. AM-1280 is the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with our number two of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take a phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show, for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to uh, check out our Facebook page, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And uh, give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And we do have our live stream up and running right now or the Facebook page, so you can uh, go there as well. Leave a comment or a question on our video. And as always, we uh, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we uh, continue uh, talking local angle politics. And in studio right now is uh, John, a- John Augustine. He is part of the Legislative Evaluation Assembly of Minnesota. And that organization, they are a nonpartisan and nonprofit organization established to inform the citizens of Minnesota of both important legislation and the voting performance of each Minnesota state legislature. Uh, John will be in here to uh, talk about the latest scorecard that they've handed out. I think it's just hot off the press as I'm feeling the report right. within and, the last
6: 24 hours.
5: Yeah, my hands are getting a little warm just touching this John Augustine. So, uh, well, John, we appreciate you uh, stopping by today. How are you today, sir?
6: Hi Brad, thanks for having me. You
5: bet. Uh I guess uh, first of all, John Augustine, talk about your role with the uh, LEA.
6: Well, I've served on the board of LEA for about 20 years, okay. uh, including as a, a term as past chairman. Uh there's a core of us, uh maybe 7 to 8 of us that uh, we're all volunteers uh that uh get that uh it's all grassroots organization. We we meet a lot during the summer after the most we do most of our work after the legislature has concluded its session and we uh go through the bills we try to come up with some bills votes we can score based on our credo which is listed right on our website you know embracing constitutionalism and uh, free enterprise individual liberty and dignity and equal justice under the law all that so uh we people come from all walks of life we've got people who've who've uh, been in politics, people who've been academics, uh, people with theological backgrounds, business backgrounds, education backgrounds. I mean, I have some background in business and journalism. Okay. So anyway, it's all volunteer. Uh, The members, it's only $10 to become a member of our grassroots organization, and we have an annual members meeting at which we The members uh, select people to be on the board. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're then entrusted with overseeing the content of the next year's report. So if you want to get involved, that's how you get involved.
5: Fantastic. So the latest report uh, comes out, and again, you you talk about uh, principles you adhere to when you're scoring uh, some of these votes on these bills. And again, it's a provided basis for a constitutionality, limited government established to sustain life, liberty, justice, property rights, and free enterprise. So... Uh, now, when you score uh, legislators based on the particular votes they take, uh, do they tout these scores on their campaign literature? Because I, I have to imagine, if you're living in a in a conservative
6: district, this is something you'd want
5: to highlight, John Augustine.
6: There have been some legislators that have that have uh, chosen to further publicize our reports, and it, that is within their ability to do so with that attribution. We do not endorse candidates or give money to candidates, but okay. We do present awards at our annual banquet to those legislators that scored highest in the previous year's report.
5: Okay. So uh, the report that came out today, I there was an interesting, as I was going through it, John Augustine, kind of read an interesting little side note uh, when you're talking about uh, kind of the honorees, you know, between the House and Senate. No Senate honorees, John Augustine. That's a, kind of a damning indictment a little bit. <laughs> yeah, There haven't been
6: any Senate honorees since 2016. Really? Yeah, it there I uh, I don't know if we want to start with that, but you I know mean, the whole culture, the entire approach to governing just it, it needs to change over there. Uh the good news is uh I think there are if I'm not mistaken, three of the people that are honorees this year are running for the Senate. Uh that's so, correct, yes. So so perhaps they can usher in uh a more effective uh Senate, maybe along with the candidate you just had in here just before I was on, who knows, but uh, we've also seen people who've been in the House before that had good scores in the House, and then when they got to the Senate, they got kind of <laughs> absorbed into the culture, so, well, we can, but certainly their track records give us a uh, reason for hope anyway.
5: Yeah, I was going to say, now, for those, you know, when, when you say your organization is nonpartisan, uh, you talk about how there hasn't been any Senate Senate honorees since 2016. Well, uh, some months later, the Republicans took the majority in that body and have had it ever since. So, if you think this is a Republican arm, uh, that kind of flies in the face of that John Augustine, because the Republicans have had controls since 2016, and there have
6: been no honorees on your on your right. particular scorecard. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's 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 been trending. It's it's been even even with it, since that time. It's been trending. Uh, the low, score is lower. Uh, mm. There used to be a remnant, at least, of people uh, when things came up like uh, r- just ratifying a whole bunch of uh, public employee agreements, or the when they first put together this gigantic bureaucratic opioid epidemic response council that you know voted against it. But but you, if you go through the report this year, you'll see a lot of sixty-six to zero votes. <laughs> And uh and I mean I have some theories as to why that is, but anyway, um maybe we should at least mention who the honorees are. At Please this do, point. yeah, yeah. So we have uh the top scorer this year with eighty eight percent was Representative Eric Mortensen, another two thousand twenty two honorees all from the House are Representatives Cal Barr, Steve Draskowski, Eric Lucero, and Jeremy Monson. And then we have honorable mentions, representatives Jeff Backer, Steve Green, Jerry Hurtos. John Kosnick, Joe McDonald, Shane McLand, and Tim Miller. And on the low end of the spectrum, uh, one member managed to get a negative score.
5: <laughs> really? Can we name that That's member? a pretty
6: dubious distinction. Last year it was uh, Representative John Thompson that did it. This year it was uh, <laughs> Representative Carlos Mariani. Okay. And it's not easy to do. As you might imagine, you, you basically have to be absent for multiple votes and vote wrong almost every time you are there in order to do it. Okay. So.
5: Well, yeah, and as you alluded to, uh, uh, Representatives Cal Bar, Steve Driskowski, and Eric Lucero are all endorsed candidates in their respective districts for Senate. So to your point... Uh, perhaps there may be some senate honorees uh, next time around
6: who's we set. can certainly hope so it would be good it would be good news for Minnesota if it were
5: yeah and, and Jeremy Munson is uh vying for the nomination in congressional district one uh, I don't know I haven't followed any polling if there's been any polling how close he is to uh getting that and uh, I think only Eric Mortensen is running for his current post uh, among the honorees I know mm-hmm. there are honorable mentions I think all of them mm-hmm. may be rerunning so uh I guess from uh that standpoint now i I know in this report, you've alluded to um, kind of a dynamic that took place in 2021. That was uh, a year where we were pretty much governed by executive fiat with Governor Walls and his in his executive powers, which the House would always vote to allow him to keep, you know, because it was Democrat hands. So what kind of impact did the 2021 session have on these scores? Because it was a very much a different dynamic. Some would argue there was a lack of transparency where some committees were meeting via Zoom. Right. And yet or, or, it wasn't transparent to the public.
6: Oh, yeah, guess. and there's so many decisions were just being made among the the just the House Speaker and Majority Leader, some staff of the governor yeah. and the Senate Majority Leader. The minority leaders weren't even, even right. in, included in a lot of these closed-door negotiations and uh the then the then, then the word would just come down and then, then they get people back to meet or or to uh vote by proxy to just ratify whatever the uh global agreement was and and you know that's not a very good uh transparent way for doing government uh, the it it paradoxically it helps a lot of lobbyists because uh there's if they if there's there's a Smaller group of people, which they really have to influence. Uh, yeah, right. So, I mean, if if just a few people ha- are making all the decisions, then as long as you get get their buy in, then then they can just the word just goes out, the marching orders go out, and so so you, we want as much as possible. We want to return to in person committee hearings, in person sessions, right. people voting in person, people be able to talk on the floor in person, people be able to go to the cafeteria. Uh, even with people from other party, another party and talk about you know, legislation in their part of the state and so forth. And none of that was going on yeah, in right. 2021, and it's only very slowly returning.
5: I, I, I remember it was uh, Governor Walz's first year as governor. This would have been 2019. Of course, it was a budget year. And they were coming down, as they always <laughs> seem to, to the 11th hour, hadn't passed a budget, looking like we're going to have another special session and all of a sudden, they had a very late agreement on the last night of the session. And, of course, as you alluded to, it was Governor Walls and Speaker, House Speaker Melissa Hortman, Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka, basically getting together and agreeing on a framework of right. a budget. And I remember this classic moment, Kurt dout who is the minority leader in the House. Um, I forget what it was. I think it was—I uh, forget what the name was. It was a health care tax that was looking to be sunset, but part of the agreement was well, we would keep it going at a but at a, very, at a reduced rate. Mm-hmm. And I remember the governor looked back and says, "And if uh, Minority Leader uh, Doubt could get his caucus together, you know, they they can vote on that." And that was literally the first he had heard of this very major decision <laughs> getting into right. the budget bill. So to right. your point, John Augustine, uh, we basically had three big names making all these decisions uh, for the entire state. That's not sustainable.
6: No so uh the you know that's the entire approach to governor governor needs to change every governor, regardless of party as at least as long as I've been observing politics you know since my teenage years or whatever, has vetoed a significant number of bills since okay I mean whether it would be Perpich or Carlson or Ventura or Polllenney Dayton, they all vetoed a significant number of bills sure. mm-hmm. but not Governor walls, really he and lieutenant Governor Flanagan have so dictated the content of legislation in these negotiations with the leaders that the Walls administration has not seen a need to veto one bill, wow, since taking power, not even a line item veto in a, an appropriations bill. And then you had these conference committees this year where the legislature's own in-house fiscal analysis department, they produced tracking spreadsheets, outlying conference committee agreements, yet the agreements were not brought back to the floor to be voted upon by the legislature and sent to the governor because yep. governor must have sent word. In fact, there's even a video out on in case of the state government finance committee where at the last minute eleventh hour, uh, I think it was Representative Nelson tells uh, Senator Kiffmeyer that that uh, de- deals off because governor won't agree to uh, getting rid of the uh, ability of local units of government to impose uh, vaccination requirements on election judges. Okay. And uh, it was something else like uh, Zuckerbucks, you know, the outside funding for elections, so mm-hmm. forth. So, so the, the whole deal was off. Even though they published an agreement uh, spreadsheet saying what they agreed to, and in the environment, the Environment Committee, uh, they even went so far as to produce a report that you can actually still see online, conference committee report that says what they agreed to, but it never got it never got to the governor's desk because he must have sent word that he didn't want it. So, so that's the kind of power that and that that, that dynamic, that power dynamic has to change. Uh, so, I mean, there's just there's just some timidity. I mean, obviously, the one one party controls the governorship in the House versus one, the other party only controlling the Senate. So, there's a little imbalance there, but 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 there's still some things they can push back on. For example, we still have uh, Jan Malcolm as commissioner of health. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I mean. That most of the tyrannical uh, impulses and moves uh, that, that during the uh, COVID emergency lockdown right. they, they were they were of her doing. If you remember back uh, in 2020, you had the uh, limits on outdoor graduation ceremonies. You had mm-hmm. the you had the ten person capa- limits on church gatherings, no matter how big the church was. You had even you if know, it was the you, cathedral. You have, yeah. yeah, right. You had they had. In, in the holiday season, 2020, you had limits on family gatherings. You had all this. Uh, people couldn't go in for, if if they thought maybe they needed a test or something, to get checked out for something. If it was an emergency or essential, they didn't go in. So people didn't get prompt diagnosis of things that needed treatment. Uh, people couldn't go in and visit their relatives in, in assisted living and, or, or grieve their relatives. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, all this stuff. And the Senate alone has the ability to... Re- to confirm or reject a governors' appointees, they don't even they don't need the house, they don't need the governor. Well, they did and, with a few of them, but they not did. the Commissioner Hell, right? Yeah, and, and you know, so that I think is something that they, I mean the other, they're going to face pushback. He's going to be mad, and and the Twin Cities media will probably be critical. But I mean, that's the kind of thing that I mean they, we got we got to stand up for freedom, and and uh, there's just, there's just, it seems as if once though a popular bill. Or a bill supported by powerful interests passes the House, and it might be by uh, there's there's several of them in here like seventy to sixty three or sixty eight to sixty five or something in the House. Mm-hmm. A clear split. Yeah, right. Once it passes the House, the Senate is too intimidated to vote against it, much less speak against it. You get all these sixty six to zero votes, and and the House debates, of course, they're you know they're mostly scripted now anyway. The leadership has made it much harder for anybody to actually propose amendments on the floor without their consent but there's still value at, at least in at least one legislator making the case on the floor of why to vote against something if there is a principle or valid reason to vote against right it. and uh you know i'm oftentimes that those of us that are working on uh evaluating the legislature and you know, we struggle with finding these articulated reasons to vote against a bill and if, and if the legislators themselves don't 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 make the case it's it's much, much much harder for us to try to do it. You know, I mean, I, I want to salute Representative Steve Green, just uh, for example, on uh, this year. We didn't decide to score the vote this year, but it, the uh, uh, legacy funds bill. I mean, he got up and he, and he made his case on the floor why he was going to vote against the legacy funding bill. It was going to pass. Everybody knew it was going to pass. But without that, m- most people wouldn't understand why anyone would vote against it. And so, if you don't, you can't build support among the people for the policies you want to implement. If you don't make your case in the broadest venue right. possible.
5: Once again, we are joined by uh, John Augustine, he with the Legislative Evaluation Assembly of Minnesota, talking about the legislature's 2022 scorecard. We'll be back with another segment on the broadcast with John Augustine. If you'd like to call in with a comment or question, six five one two eight nine four four eight eight, or use hashtag NarnShow on Twitter. Back in mere moments, go nowhere.
1: A year, we'll buy a lot of beer. Things are going great, and they're only getting better. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Stream AM-1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey
7: app.
8: Now, almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com, call eight hundred for relief to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference.
5: Warning. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue
1: at rackshackbarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack.
3: Rack Shack ooh, ooh,
6: ooh, yeah. Hi, I'm Anthony Commerce with Commerce Water. A year ago, we introduced wet technology into our softeners. It's exclusive to Commerce. Since then, customers have saved an average of 700 gallons of water and over 300 pounds of salt each year. And you can, too. Go to Commerce.com.
5: Welcome back. I'm eight Patriot. With Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in.
0: It with time. It never made much
5: sense. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. And we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, so feel free to tune in there as well. And give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. Uh, We are joined in studio by uh, John Augustine. He, a board member of the Legislative Evaluation Assembly of Minnesota. They just came out. Hot off the presses with their latest scorecard for the 2022 legislative session. Uh, John Augustine, one of the things we were uh, have been talking about is, you know, we talked about the uh, honorees, the high-end scores, uh, uh, the 2022 LEA House honorees. No Senate honorees this year. We talk about uh, Carlos Mariani got a negative score, so uh, he wins least honorable mention, I guess it is. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but we we're also talking about... Um, and we may have been talking about this on-air, off-air, I'm not really sure, some of the low-end scores, you had indicated because of omnibus bills and everything that goes into the process there, not as predictive as uh, one would probably ascertain. Why don't you kind of expand on that a little bit?
6: Well, you won't see much distinction on the Senate side uh, in scoring, uh, regardless of what people's uh, ideological affiliation it sure. Seems to be uh that's when you see a lot of sixty-six to zero votes, you're not gonna see much distinction. Yeah. We can only score people on floor votes, but also we we're finding ourselves tasked with having to score more and more omnibus bills if we really want to uh accurately uh cover the body of work that the legislature is doing because so much of it's being uh uh uh, inserted into these large omnibus bills mm-hmm. and then when you do that it's a mixture of good and bad okay and and uh, so it's it's harder for accountability and you'll do get some leftists that along with the principal people on the right that vote against them because well article I think it's article 4 section 17 says laws are to embrace only one subject which should be embodied in its title that's in the Minnesota constitution but aside from that on the, on on the, on the on the left side of the equation you get some people voting against them because they wanted more spending, or they wanted even more policies put into the bill, and uh, okay. so so it's not as so 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 they might end up getting a, a marginally higher score, but it's not as predictive as 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 whether they will govern according to uh, the principles that we outline in our credo going forward. Whereas uh, right. we tend to see on the people who score on the higher end of the spectrum that they more consistently are for constitutional restraint and and, uh, and keeping uh, the size and scope of government in check.
5: Yeah, and, and you, we talked, to, you know, one of the uh, perhaps the biggest debacles to come out of this uh, legislative session is uh, depending upon where you fall on the issue uh, regarding cannabis, uh, there was a bill that accidentally... Legalized uh, some forms. Yeah, I think right. uh, liquid vials, I wanted you, and you uh, you can comment or not on that particular legislation, John Augustine. That's up to you. But you talk about an abusive process right. that took place to get that through. Explain a little bit more about that.
6: Okay. Uh, and I think people, if they want to go back and look at it themselves, it, it, it's instructive. It's, it's House File 4065, House File 4065. Okay. And this bill made it to the House, I believe, in in April or early May at the at the latest anyway, I think it was April, and on the House floor, and at the time it was a bill that was just uh, reorganizing certain sections of statutes relating to long-term care and aging. Okay. And then there's no action on it that's recorded for weeks. And then on the last business day of session, it comes before the Senate, and they introduce a 458-page delete all amendment, which is basically all kinds of wish list of policies that Health and Human Services uh, Department and and uh, their legislative allies and lobbyists wanted that weren't otherwise going to get across the finish line. They were all jammed into this bill, and so you had. Uh, Commissioner of Health directed toward grants to organizations focusing on fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. There was an exemption from medical residency requirements for a certain one certain podiatrist. There was a language uh, uh, requiring minimum, minimum staffing ratios for sleeping hours at hospitals, psychiatric residential treatment facilities, and so forth. But then there's also was this THC, the edible cannabinoid products. Was removed from Schedule One controlled substances, and and uh, and you'll, people in both the House and the Senate on the last day of session, the people that are speaking about the bill, they're talking about uh, our, our our conference negotiations are, when, we, when we came out of conference and everybody was in agreement. You all, we didn't find any groups opposed to this, and but there was guess what, a little problem with this is there was no conference committee at all. Whoa, because wow. none was appointed there's no meeting minutes there's no report produced and there couldn't be because the bill had not been brought to the Senate floor until the last, for a third reading vote until the last business day of session so it was a fam committee that agreed to throw a wish list of policies into the bill and, and uh, so that Is it really a blatant abusive process? I think it's probably the most blatant abusive process we've seen since the Viking Stadium build a decade earlier. Mm -hmm. I remember that well. I would be
5: interested to see what kind of scores (laughs) that would be from uh, 2012. So uh, once again, we are joined by uh, John Augustine. He is a board member of the Legislative Evaluation Assembly of Minnesota, uh, talking about their latest scorecard regarding the uh, 2022 session. Uh, John, we have to take a one of those uh, horrible hard breaks where if we aren't done by uh, exactly 30 after, we get cut off the air. So, can you stay for one more segment with us? Yeah, I'll do one more. Fantastic. Uh, John Augustine will be back with another segment with us on the broadcast with me, Brad Carlson, AM 128 of the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere.
4: Hi, John Wichko here. As the owner of Advantage Auto Glass, I want to thank you for supporting our local family owned business. In fact, we've grown because of you. So, we've hired more certified technicians so we can serve more Minnesotans. I want to invite you to finally get that chipped or cracked windshield fixed now. You've put it off long enough. We'll even come to your home or work anywhere in the metro to save you time. Advantage Auto Glass has an A rating with the BBB, and we're a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. You get that distinction with over 20 years of experience. Tell your insurance agent that you want to work with Advantage Auto Glass, or better yet, give us a call and we'll handle all the paperwork with no out-of-pocket costs to you. Every windshield we install is backed by a lifetime warranty. Just call Advantage Auto Glass today and we'll take care of everything. And don't forget, you can always schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. ReplaceMyWindshield.com.
9: Are you tired of looking at your chipped oil-stained garage floor every time the door opens? You need to talk with the folks at The Coating Crew. These guys can transform your garage or utility floor concrete into an extension of your home. Imagine matching your floor to your sweet summer ride or showing off your team colors. The Coating Crew has a wide variety of colors to match the most eclectic tastes in man cave decor. These guys take the time to properly prep the floor, repair cracks and pits, and then the magic begins, and all in just one day. This attention to detail sets them apart from the competition. It's a given that their crews are trained and certified to create your long and lasting oasis. Since 1999, the coating Crew has been providing superior products and exceptional customer service. Contact CodingCrew.com. Reclaim the value and space of your old garage floor. Schedule a free quote at CodingCrew.com and tell them Dennis sent you CodingCrew.com.
3: I'm driving a 2018 Elantra, red, my favorite color. Hi, I'm Rita from St. Paul. Well, when I first walked in, I felt welcomed. And I'd been at a couple other dealerships that uh, I gave an F to. And Justin was the first gentleman to wait on me when I took it in for my first service and he's been the only person that I've dealt with since then. Can't say enough good things about him. On Christmas Day of last year, I was on the freeway driving home and all of a sudden a red light came on and the right front tire was low. And the next day I called and Justin answered. He said, let me take a look at it and go in the waiting room and, and I'll get back to you. They found that there was a huge nail in the tire. And so he was able to get that all fixed up and replaced and sent me on my way home. Invergrove Hyundai was very welcoming. Service was excellent.
1: Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at (laughs) InvergroveHyundai.com.
5: Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So feel free to check us out there as well. I wanted to squeeze one more segment out of uh, John Augustine. He, with the Legislative Evaluation Assembly of Minnesota, uh, they came out with their scorecard uh, this re- just recently, within the past 24 hours, their LEA report on the uh, latest Minnesota legislative session where they uh, score uh, legislators and their record, and they come from a perspective or their basis is a constitutionally limited government established to, s- to sustain life, liberty, justice, property rights, and free enterprise. Uh, John, I've been remiss in not uh, Taking care of some of the housekeeping items. If people want to find out more about your organization, uh, do you have a website where they can go to?
6: It's www.lea mn.org.
5: Okay. I've also uh, linked to that at the end. And we
6: have, I don't know if it's prominently featured on the website yet, but we do have an annual reports page link, and you can find the 2022 report and all of our, almost all of our previous reports going back decades. Uh, on, on the site uh, In the report itself There's a form for uh, How to uh, become a member There's even a PayPal link On the site for if you want to become a member uh, there's, there's a phone number On there if you want to contact us If you want to take some Of our reports at cost And, uh, and get a bunch, a bunch of copies And distribute them somewhere uh, so All those opportunities are there And when, And we know there's a lot of People doing doing a lot of work out there in campaigns. It's important work. It's not what we do, uh, sure. but but we also need more people to help. If you have a if you have a nose for research and uh, writing, and would like to dig into more of these uh, issues and try to help educate the citizens, because we don't just put out a scorecard. We put out something that tells you what you know. First of all, just gives a flat summary of what what the bill is mm-hmm. before we give our analysis and then our principled reasons for or against uh, the bill, so even if you don't e- agree always with our our reasoning, you can see what our reasoning is and how we got there. Sure. So, and uh, so I we love transparency. A phone number there, Augustine. I encourage you to, to uh, uh, contact us and get involved.
5: Fantastic. Well, we love transparency, John Augustine. So we uh, we appreciate that. So
6: uh, we talk a little bit about all of the
5: each of the uh, two hundred one legislators get a score uh, from your organization. And one of the things that I found interesting, the aggregate score, basically the score for the entire legislature, uh, was less in 2022 than it was in 2021. It's kind of a damning indictment, uh, John Augustine, given the fact that 2021, they weren't real present a lot. Yeah, of it. It, it was
6: marginally less. It was 31.5% in 2021 and 30% in 2022. So, okay. So uh, that just takes it takes all the votes that we scored uh for for the both the house and senate and just says which percentage of them that were cast are in agreement with what uh, the principles that we uh, outline in our in our credo when we decide to evaluate the bills so um the, and we didn't have anybody score quite as high we had i think four people score over 90% last year we didn't quite have anybody get get as high a score this year as last year uh there was there were some tough votes so you had the they they tied the the uh unemployment uh restoration uh so businesses when gets hit with harder higher unemployment uh from the obligations left with the federal government from from the these various covid bills right they tied that in with the hero pay program for all these uh Uh, Workers deemed essential, and and so that was a. They tied those two things together, so that you know that was a tough vote. But, but uh, there's, but you you know we try to score enough bills and and across a broad enough range of issues so that uh, that one bill in particular, and we grade on a curve too. So I mean, even though we didn't have anybody score honoree, I mean ninety percent, we still have honorees this year for those that scored the highest. So,
5: so uh, as you're going through each. um, Legislative session, I mean, are there, I mean, obviously every other year, you know, is, is kind of a budget year. Are there any any adjustments you make in your expectations depending upon, you know, what's facing uh, the
6: legislature each budget cycle? We have a little bit in the past. I can recall distinctly in, uh, I believe it was 2011. Okay. Where, where people who ran, you know, like on the Tea Party, the conservative, uh, banner.
5: That's how the Republicans swept into power, right. yeah. They yeah.
6: they took control of both the House and the Senate. Yep, I remember that. So they were able to you know, assert themselves to, to a greater extent than they are in a divided government as far as which bills advanced and got to the floor and so forth. And so we raised the bar a little bit, I recall, in that year, and, and we still had plenty of honorees. Uh, but because okay. we felt there was a higher that that it was easier to get legislation, uh, good legislation passed, and stop bad legislation. But, but you know, there is we don't change, we don't make for the most part, we don't make too many conscious decisions in that regard. We just okay. kind of see, we just kind of pick out uh, bills that we think uh, highlight a particular principle that we want to highlight, and and uh, and plug, you know plug the votes into the tabulation and then that what what happens happens so
5: once again we've been joined uh for these uh, past few segments uh by John Augustine of uh, the uh legislative assembly of Minnesota again check out their website lea-mn org that's lea -mn.org uh, John we got about a minute or two left uh, we appreciate the time this has been a wealth of information and uh, I actually have my own copy of the scorecard so I appreciate that too as well uh, any final thoughts uh, before we uh, before we wrap up this uh, particular segment and uh, uh, you can move on with your day
6: uh, I just thanks again for for ha- have, having me in and uh, it's an annual tradition John Augustine I think it's the first time I've got to do it so right, I appreciate it right. yeah before that the only thing time i've uh, seen you is just when i've been singing with guests on mitch's band like you have from okay. times, So
5: yeah and i just played a beastie boys tune coming into this segment so you're going to try that uh, next elephant in the room uh gig john Augustine? No,
6: I'll, I'll leave that <laughs> particular category to you I'll, I'll try a lot of things but I, I think i'll stay away from that probably for the most part
5: you know yeah you, uh, you talk about cal Barr. he's one of the uh, 2022 lea house honorees um It's a very low, you know, God bless uh, uh, Representative Barr, soon to be Senator Barr. He's going to be my state senator, by the way. I live in his district now. Uh, You do a much more bang-up job of uh, keep your hands to yourself by the Georgia satellites than he did. And if you've ever heard Representative Barr perform that, there's a very low bar. God bless him. I love him. But,
7: Uh, yeah, I'm glad you've raised the bar I better get
5: going now. (laughs) Appreciate it, John. John Augustine of the uh, Legislative Evaluation Assembly of Minnesota. Yeah, come on out to an Elephant in the Room gig. and uh, Definitely. Yeah, John covers Georgia Satellites and the Gin Blossoms, too, so we look forward to that I've as well. I've done
6: 12 different songs with the band. Is it, is it
5: up to 12 now? It is Wow, now. that's fantastic. Well, I'm, I can't wait to hear more. Thanks, John. Appreciate the time, sir. All right, thanks. You 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Hey!
4: Hi, this is Al Malmberg inviting you to join us on the World of Aviation each Sunday morning at 10.05, right here on 1280 The Patriot, as we talk with those who have had incredible life stories in aviation, like Jessica Cox, who was born without arms, but went on to become a pilot and black belt in taekwondo, and Gordy Lewis, who began flying when most people are retiring. Gordy started flying at the age of 67. That's every Sunday at 10.05 a.m., right here on 1280 The Patriot.
1: Hey, it's David McKnight, host of the Power of Zero radio show, heard right here every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. on The Patriot. Learn my secrets about retiring successfully, plus strategies designed to pay zero in taxes for my best-selling book, The
4: Power of Zero. Investment advisory services offered through POC Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor.
1: It's lonely out tonight, and the feeling just got right for a
5: brand new love song. Somebody done somebody wrong. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. Oh, we do have Engie uh, calling in on line one. I guess he called in in the first hour uh, when we had our bevy of guests. But we have a guest-free segment. So, Engie, good to hear from you, sir. How are you?
3: You know, Brad, if I didn't already love you, uh, it was that last uh, bump-in uh, song. Um, so thank you for that. I've locked you in. Um, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> you, you're already locked in, buddy. You, Appreciate you know, it. As as Joe Pesci said in uh, in uh, Goodfellas, you've you, you know, already been a maid. You know. Yeah, I like it. Um, But listen, um, I I wanted to call in to respond, um, number one, about your guest, um, John Augustine. Uh, And I had listened to the uh, Farm Fest debate where Walt had bragged about um, the only governor to not have any vetoes.
5: Right. And Well,
3: I I guess we know why.
5: Yeah, right.
3: (laughs) Right? Now, you also mentioned in the first hour that Jensen was not your first choice because uh, COVID pretty much put him on the map. Well, you know, he was my first choice, uh, number one, because of that. But now, as we're, you know, moving, I don't know if you can say past COVID or not, but now we're looking at the effects of COVID. Oh, um, sure. Jensen had mentioned that people were um, sitting at home, collecting a check, sitting on their couches, and Waltz it back and said, well... Don't you call my people lazy. And then uh, Jensen countered with, you know, he had seen health issue, health effects from not working. You know, oh, obesity, yeah. high blood pressure, yep. diabetes. I think he mentioned suicide rates. I, I Don't quote me on that. But so anytime, and, you know, Watts came off really crabby. And, again, I'm a Jensen supporter, so I could be a little biased. But, um i I'm very impressed with the way that dr. Scott Jensen responds to uh well number one he answers questions right if he was governor when the third precinct um, burnt down, he would have stopped to answer it you know and um you know um but but he does a really really good job of here's what i here's what I've seen from dr jensen and i i 've been to many events, and I, I i've seen him talk many times is he never goes on the offensive; he always brings out something positive right right yeah, and you saw that at the convention with yeah. all the you know the chicanery and the drama that was going on you know in the later rounds of voting um, Dr. Jensen came out there and said, "You know what we need to." Look forward. We need to heal. We need to work together, and all of that. And that's what impresses me about him the most. You know?
5: Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't
3: go on the defensive. He does. He's, you know, he brings, for lack of a better word, you know, hope. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully, change.
5: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the call, Angie. Yeah, I and like I like I also said in that first hour, he's definitely a stronger candidate than we've had. Uh, The last couple of cycles, Jeff Johnson's obviously been our candidate, the Republican candidate in 2014 and 2018. And again, like Jeff personally, I like him a lot, would have been a fantastic governor. But yeah, when 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 in the aftermath of that campaign, when Tim Walls won the election and he said that uh, Jeff Johnson was one of the more uh, most cordial opponents he's ever faced in any election cycle. That's not necessarily a compliment Okay, there should definitely be some headbutting and some a little bit of animosity. If there's such a thing as healthy animosity, I'm not sure. But yeah, you're exactly right. Dr. Jensen is willing to to fight back, but without coming across as being a thin-skinned bully. And Tim Walls, uh, whenever he's been met on the street by regular citizens, I still remember a video clip of some. A guy holding a sign saying something along the effects of, hey, Tim Walls, we're not rocks and cows up here. You remember that was a famous Tim Walls quote of once you get outside of the Twin Cities, you know, these red areas, it's just rocks and cows. And people took offense to that. And someone was calling Tim Walls on that a citizen. And Tim Walls got very agitated by that. So uh, that could also serve to Dr. Jensen's advantage, no doubt about it. Uh, Is Vincent still on the line? Okay. Vincent, line two. uh, Vincent, aloha. Aloha. welcome back. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. F Y I, for
0: your
6: information, um, I called to find out about check on my uh, polling place because I like to vote on election day in Me the too. polling booth. Yeah. And so I called up, and they says I and they moved it, and I live here right south of the freeways, you know, south of the capital. So I got to go all walk two miles to the by, past the Excel Center. Okay. And, you know, they cut, I don't know, they cut the pulling places, you know, because of the census and less people or whatever, you know. Sure. So I don't know why they can't, you know, you know, have one where they want it to be, but, you know, have temporary ones, other places also, you know, so people don't have to walk from downtown St. Paul here right by the freeway all you the know, two miles I got to walk.
5: Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it, Vincent. You love to vote in person, and I do too. Um, but do you think of a? I mean, you do have a legitimate reason to vote absentee. Uh, is that? No, I don't like that. I, I, I'm not a fan of it either. In fact, but I remember back in the year 2000, I was going on a work trip, and I had to because I was going to yeah, be yeah. out of town. So unfortunately, that uh, that kind of crops up. I uh, appreciate the call, Vincent. Thanks so much. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry that that uh, you know. Walking's good for you, and I'm glad that you uh, you're you're willing to do that. But two miles, yeah, that might be uh, kind of a big ask. But uh, you know, the only technicality is they the only uh, I guess statute is they absolutely have to have the precinct right within uh, where you live, the voting precinct. That is, as long as it's within the precinct, you know, it's legal, so it's legit. But uh, anyways, uh, I only got a few minutes. I don't know if I really want to get into this or not, but I do at least want to touch on the uh, Kansas vote, which uh, voted down the desire to put in the state constitution uh, where abortion is not a state right and thus not funded by the uh, by the state of Kansas. Here is here is the wording of the ballot initiative that Kansans voted on Tuesday regarding regulation of abortion. Because Kansans value both women and children, the Constitution of the state of Kansas does not require government funding of abortion and does not create or secure a right to abortion. To the extent permitted by the Constitution of the United States, the people, through their elected state representatives and state senators, may pass laws regarding abortion, including, but not limited to, Laws that account for circumstances of pregnancy resulting from rape or incest or circumstances of necessity to save the life of the mother now, if you were to read that, would you know how to vote w- would you know if you voted yes or no what the what the consequences of your vote would be because if you vote yes on that, that means well yeah, that's then it would be if you vote yeah if you voted yes on that. It would mean putting it into the state's constitution that the legislature, legislators, can vote to restrict abortion if they so desire. And so what the pro-choice crowd did, pro-abortion crowd did, is they came out and said, well, you know what a yes vote means? Yes vote means taking out uh, a right to an abortion, even in the case of rape or incest. And so, oh, you know, so that freaks people out. So it got shot down like by 60 percent is 60 percent. No to 40 percent. Yes. So basically it remains in the state constitution, government funding of abortion. And now and and people on Twitter, particularly secular progressives, the pro abortion crowd started jumping around like poo-flinging monkeys saying, oh, wow, look at that. That's going to be a look at this. This is a bellwether. It's not going to be such a big red wave after all this election cycle, is it? And I'll submit to you that I don't discount Republicans' ability to screw something up, to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, but this ain't it. Because if you look at turnout, 60% Republican turnout to 40% Democrat turnout in Kansas primary. So this was voted on separately. And I'll, I'll say this much. When Roe versus Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court, we were reliably told by secular progressives, pro-abortionists, and, and the like that the Supreme Court took away a sacred right. No, that's false. What had been said, even when the draft was leaked in early May, what had been said was, okay, if this is true and that's a legit draft and Roe versus Wade is overturned, then all that does at least people who know better, is it kicks it back to the states. The states can make whatever abortion laws they like. So, for example, in California, Colorado, and New York, where they basically allow abortion right up until birth, those laws stand. But yet you listen to the pro-abortion crowd, and the Supreme Court decision completely outlawed the procedure. But what this is showing here in Kansas is, hey, Maybe this democracy thing works after all. Maybe kicking it back to the individual states, you know, the 50 laboratories of democracy, maybe that is a thing. Maybe that is a good thing. And the pro-abortion crowd won the day on this particular issue. So that's what was being said to them. Look, all, you ha- all this does is means you have to make your case as to why abortion should remain legal in whatever faction that is. So uh, I I enjoyed seeing these leftist media types and other secular progressives saying that this is going to be now a bellwether for Democrats in November, but they're going to have a rude awakening. Uh, Just going to throw that out there. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, I've enjoyed it. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week.
2: Half-off school tuition? It's real. Avail Academy. Blain, her High School campus is offering one, 50% off tuition for the upcoming school year for a new family. For more info, go to availacademy.org. Mention the voucher, availacademy.org. This is Kurt Schlichter.
0: When the left said it wanted to transform America, what it really meant was it wanted to ruin everything. From our decaying cities to our best-in-the-world military, whatever the left gets control of, it destroys. But it isn't too late to turn this around. That's why I wrote my latest book called "We'll Be Back: The Fall and Rise of America." This book is my road back, back to American greatness.
1: Read Kurt Schlichter's essential new book, "We'll Be Back: The Fall and Rise of America," available wherever books are sold. If you were lied to when buying a timeshare and worn out, you need my help. Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshare and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today, we have 383 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. If you were told in a timeshare presentation that this was available today and today only, that timeshare was a great investment, or your maintenance fees will never go up, call my office now. I guarantee if we take you as a client, We will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing.
8: Call now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242.
7: We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly, there were no hidden costs in their quotes, and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only did they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business. And just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely. We're thinking about having our windows replaced and we will be calling JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com.